In the beginning, there was the void and the will, and the will was of the void and from the void, but it was not satisfied. So the will split itself from the void and split the void in turn, and from that split came fire. From fire the will split heat and light, and where light was cleaved from the void it left darkness, where heat was cleaved from the void it left cold. From heat the will spun sound and motion, and from the light the will spun air. From air the will spun water and stone, from stone the will spun weight. Where fire was cleaved from void became sun and stars, and from fire, air, water, stone, and will, the world was spun. In four ages, the will worked upon the world to shape its face. In the first age, the world's fire was cased within stone and water. With great shaking it sought to break free, but the seas cooled its fury. In the second age, Stone, water, heat, and light were wrought into life, and where life was wrought, its shadow became death. Green plants and grasses, and in their shadow, mushrooms and rot. In the third age, life fed upon life, and was changed by its feeding. So spun were the fish of the sea, the beasts of the land, and the birds of the sky. Yet all such things were beasts, creatures filled with life but not with mind. So in the fourth age, the will split itself, granting will and thought to three peoples, the tall, the short, and the three in one folk. From the tall arose elves, orcs, and humans. From the short arose dwarves, halflings, and gnomes. From the three in one came the goblin folk. Yet the will had split itself too deep to give the thinking people's minds. The will fractured and split into ten thousand shards, while its core withdrew into a slumber. And all those shards thought themselves gods. Acting wildly and without reason and responsibility, the shards of will wrought wild changes upon the world. From the tall folk, wild shards wrought the dragon peoples, with cruel beasts that think themselves gods, ruling over the wretched creatures misshapen in their image. From the short folk, flesh warpers and weir beasts, tainted with madness. From the three in one were wrought the countless beast folk of the world. Yet each of these pale to the crimes of the shards that cracked the doorway for our souls, our sparks of will to return to the source and the paradise that awaits us, perverting the dead to rise again. All those shards that birthed great and terrible beasts, the titans that rack and ruin our world. So it was that the Fourth Age, which lasted ten thousand years, was a time of strife and terror. In the Fifth Age, in which we now live, the core of the will awoke from its slumber, and witnessed what its errant shards had done, and wept. This core was not the will 
but it was the largest part, that which remembered itself and its purpose. So it named itself regent to the will that was, and revealed itself to the people of the world. One by one, the regent revealed themselves to the shards that thought themselves gods, and reminded them of their place. Those that accepted this truth abandoned their delusions of godhood, and were acknowledged saints. Those that did not were cast into the void, that they might return to the will in another form. There is but one God, the will and its regent. For today's sermon, brothers and sisters, I would like to speak of the sparks of will within us, and our place within the divine order, as well as the places of the saints, both mortal and true. Each of us was born of will, and the spark of will within us grows and blooms throughout our lives until such time as we shed ourselves of this mortal coil. When we die, our souls are drawn back to the source, to the will that was, where we will rest within its arms. Those of us who live by the Regent's teachings will come to rest close to the Regent, among others who lived with compassion, diligence, justice and temperance, in the green fields and pleasant vales that are the Regent's warmth. Those who strayed, who turned to cruelty, selfishness, violence, even murder, will find themselves far from the Regent, brushing fingers with the void, in a place of cold, darkness and pain, filled with others of similarly ill intent trapped in a prison of their own making. Yet even these wretched souls are to be pitied less than those that refuse to accept the Regent's truth. Those who deny the Regent, or embrace the teachings of those wayward spirits that think themselves gods, will find themselves adrift in the void, their sparks of will lost and consumed by that black oblivion, returning to the void from whence we all came. Pity them, as we pity all those who came before the Regent's awakening. Yet know that they may be saved, as all may be saved, by embracing the teachings of the Regent and his saints, those greater fragments of the first will that have come to accept their place closest to the Regent, basking in her warmth. Those such as the bishop, who I can confirm will be visiting the parish next week to perform blessings. I know several of you are very excited about that, especially you, Miss Mullins. Don't break out the jam tarts just yet. <laughs> Those such as the bishop, who are granted by the regent's grace the sight of the saints and the regent's lesser servants, may through service come closer still, and in so doing bring their flocks even closer to the regent's warmth. One of our parish approached me with a question last week. If the saints are the fragments of the will and its regent preserved from time immemorial, how can Saint Finnegan's bones be found beneath the cathedral at Porto Salz? Well, there are true saints and mortal saints. The true saints are fragments of the will that was, but mortal saints are forged through service. 
Those with the sight who serve one of the regent's true saints faithfully and for many years may be changed by serving as a focus for their power. Their soul is shaped by the saint and so take on aspects of that saint's grace and power. The most faithful become vessels for their holy essence. When they pass, their souls revolve close to the saint, and so grow closer to the regent than most mortal souls can. It is well known that the bodies of such holy people retain their power that was shaped through them in their lives, and many minor miracles have been attributed to them. As such, in 762, the Council of Border made the decision to acknowledge the truth that these faithful servants had embodied the saints and should thus be called saints themselves. As prayers to the true saints are carried to the regent, prayers to mortal saints will be carried to the true saints and reach their souls beyond the void. For these saints were men and women once, and it is comforting to know that those once mortal may intercede on our behalf with the regent. Now, if Sander is ready with the harpsichord, let's have our first hymn. Onward, regents, soldiers. <laughs> 